Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Paul, my guest today is Deborah Dion, who is a 26-year veteran producer of audiobooks. She owns Dion Audio, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's the world's largest independent producer of audiobooks. They work for 30 publishers or more. They have won five Grammys, and they've got 12 Grammy nominations. And her late husband, Bob Dion, and she won the Lifetime Achievement Award in 2013 for helping to pioneer the audiobook industry. They've been doing this since 1990. Welcome, Deborah. We're so glad you've joined us today. Oh, thank you so much, Julie, for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be with you. And I know our listeners are excited that you're here, too. Tell us what you do at Dion Audio, and and not just what you do, but what Dion Audio does, I guess is what I'm really asking. We're primarily an audiobook production company. We have two state-of-the-art recording studios in Los Angeles. We've been in business since 1990, as you mentioned, and uh, we are the world's largest independent producer of audiobooks. I've personally produced over 15,000 full productions, uh, audiobook titles. Wow. We have beginners to seasoned people listening to these podcasts. So let's start with the beginners. What advice would you give to beginners? If you're a beginner narrator, I would suggest that you listen to as many audiobooks as possible read by the best in the industry. Uh, There are many best of lists. Um, Right now, it's it's the beginning of the year. So there's all these year-end lists of the best of 2016s that are available right now. Uh, Audiophile Magazine puts out one of those. um, Audible does um there's always the audi awards that you list that you can get every each year that that um has a list of all the products that won audis or that got nominated for audis those are all amazing the american library association has their version of awards for for kids books for ya books and those are called the odyssey awards and they're probably the most coveted awards in the entire industry and there's there's a list of those every year why are they the most coveted in the entire industry? Um, I think that every major publisher publishes children's books, like Penguin Children, Harper Children, Harper Teen, um, Listening Library is part of Penguin Random House, um, Scholastic, you know, all these amazing publishers are, are producing children's titles. And I think that most people in the publishing world just love YA. Uh, they're really beautifully written titles. Um, I think that everybody remembers you know, their youth and, and learning to read and, or at least, you know, that's why I love them so much. I, I, I think I learned to read off of, off of those books. And, and so they're just near and dear to my heart. And I love seeing the new titles that come out each year in NYA. Um, and so uh, for, for yeah. those of us, uh, for those of us, those people, let's say, who are new in the industry, YA is young adult. Yes, yes, young adult, young adult. And, and they're just beautiful. I, I, I love them. But, it, you know, who knows? That could just be my own personal. Um, so I, I would suggest listening to audiobooks, um, learning what other actors are doing and, and the choices that they're making and the way that they're reading. Say, for example, you need to find all the people that read that sound like you, that, that have your kind of voice match, just email me. Email me at Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at DionAudio.com. Describe your voice type to me, and I'll send you a list of people you could be listening to that, that sound like you, that, that you could learn from and emulate. 
And that's Deborah at D-E-Y-A-N, DeonAudio.com. I would further suggest that if you're a beginner that you take narration classes. Mm-hmm. Um, audiobook narration is absolutely not, like no other form of acting. It requires study and practice and that if you are a theater person, for example, you could be a, a really good match for this type of work. But I would highly you know, recommend going to class, learning about it. There's so many different people offering classes, really good teachers, really good coaches uh, from all over the United States and all different parts. Uh, you know, wherever you live in the United States, there's going to be somebody that's, that's a great teacher and a great coach. And how do we find who are the great coaches as opposed to, well, the way I look at coaches is I see predators and there are some out there, but not really in the audiobook industry so much. I don't, yeah. And competents who mean well and think they're competent, but they're really not. And then great coaches. So how Mm -hmm. do you find the great coaches? This is a really good question. I I think that's a fair question. Um, I I think, I think that I'll just, I'll just mention some, some here by name so that. That's a good idea. That, that you you know who to look for um it, it in our institute you know it, it's pj oakland o-c-h-l-a-n he's a great dialect coach as well as is a one-on-one coach and a teacher um pat fraley is fantastic he's funny and and lovely um scott brick he he tends to work with with pat quite often um scott teaches at ucla and um and he also does his own teaching classes. Uh, Sean Pratt in the DC area, Andy Arndt and Paul Heitch and and Elizabeth Wiley all over there in uh, Virginia area where I'm from, by the way. Uh, I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. There's Johnny Heller, who's absolutely fantastic up in New York. There's there's just so many. There's so many um, great, great teachers and great coaches. And, and those are a few, just a few, a few well, really good people all over the country. I know that there are different schools that you can go to like Dion Institute in Los Angeles, but let's oh. say I'm in, I don't know, Bernie, Texas. Is it just as good to coach by internet as it is if I were to walk into Johnny Heller's place? I think so. Um, I, I think that we should should use technology to its fullest. And I think that Skype is amazing. And just like we're, you and I are doing the podcast right now, and we certainly have a, a clear, beautiful view of each other. And, and I think that that's absolutely an excellent way to do it. I think that going and taking a class physically is is also fantastic. I think we should do all of the above. I, I, I think we should do whatever we can. I, I think people need to get out of their homes and out of their own spaces also. And there's a, a networking element to that. You know, I, I have gone to some of the APA events at Dion Audio before. And yeah. if I didn't have a support system of people that I've known by name, uh, maybe online and then met in person or knew already, I would feel so awkward because it's like you're walking in there with 200 people that you don't know. You don't know who's who. You, you don't, you know, know who to say hi to. You know, you just don't know what to yep. say. You know what I mean? But if you know someone and you developed a support system either through classes, then you know the instructor and you know people who can introduce you to people and people that can help you feel more comfortable. So I see the value in doing that, but I also see a lot of value. I've trained with a number of people, including PJ Oakland, uh, and we did it by phone, by, by Skype. I see a lot of value, more value than in classes with private coaching. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that um, that, um, you start with the class and get 
general information because when you pay privately, it's more expensive than when you pay, you know, with a class. And so I would suggest in the beginning to take like introductory or intermediate classes to learn the lay of the land. And then once you learn the lay of the land, then to work on specific acting techniques, specific dialects, specific, you know, I think that's when, when the one-on-ones really help tune you up to your highest level, you know, somewhere between intermediate and advanced. So I think what I hear you saying is learn the basics in a class. And you can also learn by listening to others in a class. That's an advantage. Learn the basics in a class and then be fine tuned to become yourself with private coaching. I think so. That, that's what I would do. I think that would make the most sense of, of time and money. So before we move on to uh, what experienced talent can do, do you have any other advice for beginners? Yes. Okay. So, so we talked about listening to audiobooks. We talked about taking narration classes. Make sure that you have a proper sound sample or sound samples, depending on who you're trying to get on the roster for. Um, make sure you have a good headshot and a bio that that's like three sentences long. Mm-hmm. You want to brand yourself. Each person that reads an audiobook, let's say I gave 50 different people that were voice matches to an audiobook, then I would get 50 different audiobooks, even though each of the 50 people read exactly word for word, everything that's on the script. You are unique. And so what you need to do is you have to stand out in a crowd of actors vying for the same project. So you have to figure out what makes you unique and you have to sell that when you're selling yourself for the job. So um, let's say, for example, you were born in Norfolk, Virginia, like me, but that one of your parents was Vietnamese native and one of your parents was from Peoria, Illinois. And uh, you, you know, maybe were part of an Air Force family where your dad took you all over the world. And that might have been the way that that made you interested in accents because of your mom's family and her accent or your dad's family and his accents and places that you lived around the world, you know, two years at a time because you were part of an Air Force family. And, And maybe that caused you to be, you know, interested in acting or interested in accents in general. So basically, when you're selling yourself to a publisher or a casting agent that's, that's hiring for a publisher, like, you know, somebody like me who's a producer, you really need to help me understand why you would be the perfect person for the next whatever title I have on my desk. And, and so um, your unique education, your age, your voice sound, your, you know, where you're from, the accents, you know how to portray. We, we do something called authentic casting with, with audiobooks and, and that we get our, our scripts and we try and find the actor that's the most like the protagonist in the, in the story. And so you also know certain things in life. Like I'm an avid scuba diver, so I know a lot about scuba diving and I know a lot about underwater photography. So if it's a book about, you know, where there's a lot of scuba diving going on and a lot of photography going on, then maybe my zeal for that as a reader might come across to the listener. So I I look for all these little nuances. You know, you really need to know who you are, how to brand yourself, how to get across that you're really good 
at whatever this is. A bio with personal information like hobbies and stuff like that is actually very valuable. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that you also need to become a member of the, the Audio Publishers Association. We call it the APA. And I think you should attend every event that you possibly can. So as a producer, I go to every single mixer, no matter where it is in the country. I go to, to Audis, you know, whether I believe I'm going to win an Audi or not. I go to APAC, which is the, the yearly one-day workshop. I you know, try to serve on committees. Um, I, I do everything I can to be as active in that organization as possible. It's a giant collection of publishers, producers, and actors that all work within the audiobook industry. And so if your, your hope is to work in our industry, as a beginner, you need to know that this is a, a group of people that the more you're involved with, the more you'll be seen and the more you will rise above other people in the selection process. Yeah, there is a lot of value to networking. Let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. It has been said that the networking events like the APA mixers, those yeah. are like the company picnic. Yeah. You shouldn't actively sell yourself there. You should find yeah. personal stuff and all that and then follow up to sell yourself later. What do you think I, about that? I agree with that completely. Um, the last thing anybody wants at one of those events is to be, you know, holding a lot of demos and cards and things like that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's much better to, you know, to have a 45 second elevator speech ready that whenever you get in front of somebody you know is a casting agent um, or some other person in, in the networking group, you know, like, let's say, for example, you're new and, and I come across you and, um, and then, and then I find out who you are and then I walk you to another person that might be interested in, in hiring you. I would introduce you and, you know, you would have your 45 second elevator speech ready and you would say, you know, who you are, where you live, maybe where you were reared, what kind of genre you most like to read, what makes you unique. You want to make the person that I introduce you to laugh if you can. Uh, mm. People love to laugh. You want to, or you, or, you know, if you're not a very funny person or a very funny, you know, uh, you're nervous, a nervous person, and you're not very funny in circumstances like that, maybe find a way to connect that makes you real. Talk about you know, her shoes and how glamorous she is because she's wearing heels and how you wish you could wear heels, but you're clumsy or something. I don't know, something funny. I mean, something, yeah. something that makes you real to the other person. Because I know you remember yeah. everybody that you meet. That's a gift. Yeah. You remember yeah. everybody you talk to and everybody you meet, but most producers don't remember everybody. And we go to these things thinking, what can I do to make this person remember me? Exactly. So then, you know, then later on, you follow up with an email if you can, and you basically, you know, are researching each of these publishers, you're getting yourself on each of these casting agents radar if you can. When you are emailing them, you want to send them, if you have any credits so far, you want to tell them what you've been doing, or you want to send them uh, a link to your Audible page where you have, you know, books listed or your, your ratings are there. Please, uh, speaking of ratings, please make sure that you keep your ratings on a four star or above level for each title that you're reading. So do your best work, you know, study the craft, put your best foot forward in regards to 
to uh, letting these people know what you've done so far and, um, and, and have as good a ratings as you possibly can. We've been talking to Deborah Dion of Dion Audio and the Dion Institute, of course, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Hold on a second. I'm Julie Williams, and we'll be right back. All right. We'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans, and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. You might think nothing this big is supposed to hop, but kangaroos do it with agility. Six-foot marvels of efficient locomotion. It's summertime in the outback, and the roos can be found where there's food. They look like they're congregating in groups, but it's the food, not the company, that draws them together. Looking at element 10, the EMD has been issued for the service in segment 5, while in element 11, the EMD has been issued for the SSR elements 7 and 8. Let's take a closer look at how things work in the Innovation Centre. This is Ben. Ben and his project team have just moved into the Innovation Centre. In the morning, Ben and his team conduct a workshop. The project area can be rearranged according to the project team's specific requirements, enabling quick, effective and uncomplicated teamwork. Australia's largest city, Sydney, with arguably the most stunning harbour in the world, with the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the iconic sails of the Sydney Opera House. On a beautifully clear day, that scene will literally take your breath away. Hi, I'm Jen. In my first year of voiceover, I got over 30 jobs and I give Julie a huge amount of credit for that. Julie's way of teaching is very methodical and nurturing. Rather than just hearing a read, then lumping me with a whole lot of different feedback, Julie honed in on one skill at a time. Um, this made it easier for me to remember what I was learning and build it into my voiceover toolbox. Other voiceover coaches may point you to their own success in the business as a reason that you should um, learn from them. And I'm not saying that Julie doesn't have this, she does. But success as a voice talent doesn't necessarily make someone a great teacher. And Julie is a great teacher. She has a gift for teaching. Um, she taught me how to bring emotion and my own personality to a script. And I know that this is what's helped me to stand out um, and win all the auditions that I have. So if you're thinking about voiceover coaching, you can't go wrong with Julie. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now, a few final words from Julie and her guest. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. I'm Julie Williams. My guest is one of my favorite people because, you know, she's not just the consummate professional. She's also an incredible loving person as well. It's Deborah Dion of Dion Audio. Now, Deborah, we've talked uh, to beginners, given advice to beginners, and we also talked a lot about networking, which pretty much applies to everybody, but specifically about those that aren't beginners, um, Maybe they've done six or seven audiobooks via ACX, and maybe half of them were revenue share. So they're not really beginners, but they haven't been working a lot, or some have been working a lot. But they want to transition from ACX revenue share to working for the big guys like you. 
how does that happen? Well, I think, I think that, you know, the ACX platform is all self-contained and as an actor, you can poke around on there and you can, you know, record books with revenue share. You can record books, you know, at, at 50, 100, 200, $400 per finished hour, although there are a few of those on there. But if you want to get out of that system, I, I would say, you know, continue to work that system. That system is, is, is a great system. And, and I, work that system as well. But if you want to get outside of that system, you can, you certainly should be finding out every single publisher of audiobooks. You should be finding out how to get on the rosters, the actor roster of each of those publishing companies that make audiobooks. Every single website of every single like say, for example, you know, recorded books or Brilliance or Blackstone or Penguin Random House or HarperCollins or whatever, every single one of those publishers has on their website, you know, narrator, this is what you do, or actor, this is what you do to become a narrator for us. And each and every single company has similar, but different at the same time requirements. And so, you know, some people want you to do something this way, and some people want you to do something that way. And you know, I've gone to, um, you know, meetings and seminars and stuff about audiobooks where actors sit around and kind of grouse about, gosh, I just wish they'd all want me to do this the same way. That way I could just send a pack, upload a package and it would just be done. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize that each company has its own ways and they're the right way for that particular group of people. And, um, you know, some of these companies have, you know, one staff member working audiobooks, and some of these people have many staff members working audiobooks, and they're dealing with a, a lot of different budgets. So, you know, some of these companies have these extreme budgets, and some of these companies are flying on a shoestring. And if you want to work for somebody, you really need to work with them or work for them the way that they want you to work for them. And so I would just take it in stride and click on each of these these websites and follow their exact directions and don't deviate from those directions because publishers, you know, I hear from them that they become turned off to people who don't follow the direction that they've painstakingly written out and put up there. So I would just, you know, my my way of looking at life is that the world spins a certain way. I jump on the world and I spin with the world the way the world spins. And, and I think that that's the reason why I've been able to work for every single publishing company in America and, and many uh, globally, because I'm willing to work with people the way that they want to be worked with. And, and, the, and that should be your attitude too, if you want to, to work for all the publishers. I think you just, you just need to do your homework, do your research, go to the networking events, um, meet people in person, make sure you know who you are, what you can offer them, make sure that you have practiced that and you can speak in a concise way. Make sure you keep your ratings up and, and just go for it. You know, go for your dreams, go for, see if you can record for two or four or six new publishers this year and then make your goal the next year, another two or four or six or whatever it is and, and just keep pushing. You mentioned budget a little while ago. I've noticed that people tend to pay less to professionals that have done less than 25 books. Is that something that you've seen? And the second one is, what would you say is the average pay for an audiobook, the beginner pay, the average pay, and the highest that you've ever seen that isn't a celebrity? 
Um, the beginner pay is, you know, hovers right around 150, 175 plus, you know, after P&H. So most audiobooks, and, and certainly from all the big publishers, are done through the union. I think the highest I've ever seen somebody who was not a celebrity is 400, 450. I would say 99 out of 100 audiobooks are done at the SAG-AFTRA minimum scale wage level. And every single publishing company has its own rate. And the rates were set by the union based on the company's ability to pay. And so a smaller publisher is not able to pay as much as a larger publisher. The union is extremely strong in America and has been able to do a fantastic job of getting the most money possible for its actors. And yeah, it it really depends on who you're exactly working for as to what the rate is. I did not realize there was a different union contract for each different publisher. You'll see a 190 rate. You'll see... Um, a 200 rate, you'll see a 210 rate, you'll, you know, you'll see all these different rates. And, and I think the highest one and the biggest publisher is, is 255, you know, so you'll see the bigger publishers paying the higher rate and you'll see the smaller publishers paying the the smaller rate. And each um, offer that you get is based on the SAG-AFTRA minimum wage agreement between that company and, and, and your union. You founded a voiceover school in honor of your late husband, Bob Dion. Tell me about the Dion Institute. Who's teaching and what do you teach? Uh, yes, um, PJ Oakland and I founded the Dion Institute in honor of Bob, my late husband. Uh, he passed away from ALS uh, in, in August 9, uh, 2014. And um, Bob asked us to do this uh, for him in his honor because he was extremely concerned that when he was ill and passing away, that there was this tremendous explosion in the audiobook industry right at that time. And he was concerned that that there were so many new actors coming in and that there was some work that was already done and products that were already up for sale and that those products would be diluted if the new narrators that were coming into the business were not taught the proper craft of audiobook acting and were not taught the proper technical skills uh, to edit themselves and so on. So basically, this was during the time of the advent of, of ACX. And um, before that, actors you know, were really only hired in, in New York and Los Angeles and some in Chicago to record audiobooks. And there was only a small pool of actors that were really used for this purpose. And they had a large body of work, each actor. And so when, when ACX came into fruition, it opened up an opportunity for everyone across the United States that had a microphone in, in a closet to produce audiobooks. And before, basically, the only audiobooks that were created were from publishers that thought that they were going to sell a good amount of them. Because in the old days, in the beginning stages of audiobook creation, basically, for every 10 books that you sold, physical paperback books or, or physical hardback books, the rule of thumb was that you would, as a publisher, would sell only one audiobook. And so, a publisher, in order to put a book on audio, had to believe that it was going to sell a lot of product. And so with all that said, limited amount of, of actors doing the work and a limited amount of products being put up 
for audio. So basically there was a limited amount of books being put out and a limited amount of actors that could work on them. But ACX really changed that because they opened up the ability for authors and small publishers to produce audiobooks and, you know, to self-publish. And ACX, you know, allows people from all over the place to act and to be part of the, in the industry. So my husband's concern with that, you know, even though he saw that to be a great potential for audiobooks. A lot more audiobooks would be done. A lot more buzz about audiobooks, you know, would be about. People would be buying more of them. He was very excited about the the whole possibility. But at the same time, he was concerned that actors should know the craft. So he asked me that when he passed away, would I please hire PJ and uh, help people that newly came into the industry to, to learn the business of audiobooks, to learn the proper craft of being able to act, you know, producing an audiobook and also to learn proper technical skills because, you know, people on ACX have to, you know, edit themselves and master their own work and, you know, do their own quality control, do their own word research, do their own. And the thing is, is that in, in the old, in the beginning days of making an audiobook, there were so many different people working on a single audiobook. There was a separate researcher, a separate director, a separate studio engineer. There was an actor, there, there was an editor, a different person did the proofing or the quality control of the book. There was a music mixer and mastering person. There's so many different people that worked on an audiobook. And now with the new system of ACX, an actor really becomes all of these different human beings. And my husband's thought was, gosh, you know, they may be an amazing actor, but how could they be amazing at sound mastering? You know, if they've never taken a class in sound mastering or how can they be amazing at editing if they they don't even know what Pro Tools is or how can they be, you know, so, so his thought was, if this is a system that makes one person be everything, then really we need to teach that person how to do all of those things. And so that's what we began to offer is, is to teach people how, how to be everything they need to be in order to work on the ACX system. So in addition to the Dion Institute, you have also founded in Bob's uh, legacy, the Bob Dion ALS Nurse Fund. What is it that that funds? Bob basically spent his last year of life paralyzed from head to toe, living on a ventilator at home. And in order to convalesce at home with ALS, he he had gotten Medicare because of having ALS. They speeded him up to be able to get Medicare, which was amazing. Um, He had a very expensive PPO insurance coverage. And even with all of that, he still had to pay cash for the nurses. And then on top of paying cash for them, he realized that there weren't very many skilled nurses that specialize in ALS care that could keep him alive and safe daily. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically what he asked me to do was, after he passed away, he said, would I please start a fund that would help people who are suffering from ALS to be able to get the skilled nurses that they need to be sent to their houses at no charge to them, but that the fund would pay for these these nurses. And so I started the fund and it's taken care of administra- administratively from the ALS Association, Golden West Chapter. And basically we began to raise funds for this purpose. 
we've raised right around $50,000 so far for for the fund in total. And Julie, this little angel here, she, Julie Williams, has personally helped me raise almost $20,000 of the $50,000 for that fund. It's pretty exciting what we've been able to do so far, you know, in in raising money and, and getting people help. So Deborah, before we close, is there anything that you would like to add? Just that people are free to email me, uh, ask me questions. I, you know, would love to to help them, you know, with any advice I can offer. I'd, I'd love to help them get into a class if, if they need one or a coach. If they're interested in donating towards ALS, towards the nurse fund or towards the, the cure of, of ALS, I can give them some links to do that. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Julie. It's, it's, been, it's been a delight. Well, thank you for joining us on the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.